0: Welcome to the Fight Laugh Feast Network. This is episode one, the introduction of the Campus Preacher Podcast. hope that he might see it grow. My name is Ben, and it will be my job to introduce you to the life and ministry of the campus preacher, Keith Darrell. Our goal, this podcast will be to expose you a bit to Keith, his history, how he ended up preaching uh, across the country on college campuses, how he came to faith, and to give you a snapshot of what our goal is for this podcast. So, Keith, um, take a minute, introduce yourself, give us um, sort of your story, how you came to faith, and what your first exposure was to open air preaching.
1: Yeah, I was. uh, Yeah, so I'm Keith Daryl. I'm an evangelist under uh, the Whitfield Fellowship. Often. Do preaching uh, underneath Trinity Reform Church in Moscow, Idaho, as well. But I was converted to the gospel in 1993. Kind of grew up in a Christian home, uh, but kind of through a series of events in high school, I began reading the Bible and uh, Philippians 121, For Me to Live as Christ and Die as Gain. I read that my sophomore year of high school. Then over the course of the next couple of years, I kind of rattled around my head. I had a friend who committed suicide halfway through my senior year of high school, which kind of was an impetus to uh, start seeking truth and started, you know, kind of asking the big questions in life and who, what, why, when, where. And uh, over the eight months from January of 93 to August of 93, I was reading, like, Islamic literature, Buddhist literature, Christian literature, and over the series of events, I just kind of realized uh, the death, the resurrection of Jesus Christ was true, and so that was kind of my introduction to uh, kind of believing the gospel uh, that also kind of, you know, right off the bat uh, kind of made me want to do evangelism, and then I went off to college in the fall of 93, and uh, about two weeks into the semester, there's a man outside the student union preaching. And, uh, that was kind of my introduction to, uh, open air preaching for the first. Time.
0: So your, your first introduction was one of those, you know, I think when most of us think of open air preaching, those are the guys we think of, you know, the guys, yeah. that have the signs and are yelling at the, the fraternity and the sorority. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah
1: the, 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 sororities and fraternity <laughs> boards, it's <as> always <laughs> the sorority girls. Um, yeah. So, so it was a guy who was, uh, you know, I, the, the thing that stood out the most that day was he used the term horror monger and I had never heard horror monger before. And I remember being like, well, I don't know what that is, but it doesn't sound good. I know what a warmonger is. So uh, maybe a warmonger is something similar. So um, I didn't really know. You know, I had no context for evangelism. Like in high school, if someone was talking about the gospel, I kind of wanted to be around the conversation. So I was actually – Always, even as an unbeliever, I was interested in people who were doing evangelism. So I was interested in the event that was going on, and uh, the thing that I enjoyed about the guy coming to campus and preaching was, uh, you know, you'd have eighty to one hundred students sitting around interacting with things that we would not be talking about any other time of the year or any other time of the semester. And when I went back to my dorm, you know, I was a brand new Christian. So I didn't really know anything in the Bible. I kind of knew, like, like I mentioned, Philippians 121, maybe John three sixteen, 16 um, and First Peter, I think it was 5, 7, which was one of the verses that converted. And so, uh, yes, yeah, so I went home and uh, read the Bible and I saw that uh, Jesus and the apostles would often open air preach. And so that was kind of the uh, It didn't seem too foreign to me. OK,
0: so you get through college or in. Involved in in campus ministry, I know they're um, interested in open-air preaching. When did you...
1: do it for the first time. Well, the the first time I ever preached was in uh, 2000. So uh, I get done with college. I graduated from college in 1998. I spent a year working at a church in 98 and 99. Uh, In the fall of 99, I went to seminary. And after a year, one year of seminary, I decided to take the fall of 2000 off and uh, travel and preach. So the first time I did it, I think it was uh, either late August or the first week of September in 2000. I went to a campus with a friend of mine in uh, Pennsylvania, Slippery Rock University in Pennsylvania, and I thought I'd just roll out there and start speaking, uh, but I rolled out there, and I got weak-kneed and a, a weak belly, and I was just kind of kind of stood there for about an hour and a half staring at people and wondering, they, they thought I may have been a live shooter on campus, because uh, I'm sure I was acting mischievous and looked a little distraught and dazed and confused, and uh, finally, after about an hour and a half, maybe two hours, whatever it was, I finally uh, said something about John the Baptist and maybe preached for about 12 minutes, and that was uh, that was the first time I ever preached.
0: Well, that's more than I've done on a college (laughs) campus. So, all right. So, so that happens. You're in, you're in seminary, right? During, during that period of time. Yeah. Uh, You know, and and I think another sort of thought that a lot of us that, that aren't affiliated with you and your ministry have of campus preachers is sort of that they uh, maybe are forced to do something like this, maybe a little kooky in their lives. They don't have a lot of other options, (laughs) Um, but I, I, I know you, uh, you did have some options, and take us through what what you did after after seminary.
1: Yes, yeah, so I got done with seminary. I kind of traveled and preached, worked out in jobs for about a year and a half, two years, uh, May of ninety three to basically February of two thousand five, January February February of two thousand five. So in February of two thousand five, it actually started in September of two thousand four. Uh, a friend of mine was getting married out in Seattle, and so he flew me out like a week early because he said I, I, I calmed his nerves. So I went out to uh, Seattle for a week and uh, try to calm my buddy's nerves uh, as he prepared to get married. And as I was hanging out in um, Seattle for a week, I kind of like, man, I need to get out of the Midwest. I need to... Because I grew up in Ohio, then I was in St. Louis for seminary. I just kind of had this uh, feeling of wanting to get out of the Midwest. I also kind of wanted to go get a real job for a little while. As a, I think as a guy, you want to know that you can do more things and just – uh, cause ministry in a way, yeah, it's totally tangential, but ministry in a way is not totally a real job or it's, it's radically different than what everybody else does. So I just wanted to know I, I could do a 95. So anyway, I packed up in uh, February of 2005, moved to New York city, uh, was fortunate enough to get a job at a, uh, fortune 100 company and worked for, um, five years in the financial world from 2005 to 2010. And then in 2010, I kind of packed everything up, uh, sold, uh, everything that wouldn't fit my little car and uh, began to travel and preach in April of 2010. So almost nine years ago now. So you're
0: in Manhattan, um, the center of the world, really working for a fortune 100 company. And, and you, you kind of sped through that, but spend another minute on what, what led you to leave sort of the The typical, or maybe even the dream life that a lot of uh, kids coming out of college want uh, to to getting into open air preaching on a full time basis.
1: Yes, so so there there are a couple things. one, I believed very early on, shortly after my conversion, I was called to preach the gospel in some regard. And, uh, but I, at the same time, uh, around the time I conversion, I really got into economics and I, I really enjoyed reading economic literature. So I wanted to, uh, you know, kind of experience that. And, but it, once you get there, it's like, you know, not that I was, I don't want to act like I was, uh, you know, uh, some, some noted guy, but you kind of realize that like, it's like anything like you, um, if you, enjoy it then it's a good place to be if you don't love it and enjoy it like i love manhattan i love new york i love everything i had to offer i even love the routine of getting into work a uh, nine to five i love the routine of it um but you know as i would reflect upon my life and i thought of waking up at 70 years old like what is it that I wanted to accomplish? And uh, even when I'd have lunch, I'd sit out back of uh, where I worked, which was on the Hudson River. And, you know, I would sit out there and certain times of the day, it just kind of reminded me of like when I was in college and we would have a preacher and I'd be able to interact with, and, you know, he would be interacting with students. When I was sitting out back, it would remind me of the times where I preached. And as I sat out there and ate my lunch and stuff like that, I was just like, I just might rather be interacting with college students than doing what I'm doing. And so that was kind of the, uh, the beginning of it. So internally, I started to feel the desire to return to preaching. So I had this internal desire. I read it; it was in the Bible. And then at the same time, I had about uh, six or seven people outside of me all say, "Hey, you're wasting your life in finance. Why don't you go preach the gospel?" So that was uh, that was uh, 2009. And so nine months later, about uh, that was I think that was uh, September of 2009. And then in 2010, I finally packed up and left. Yeah,
0: well, it's an amazing story, and I know the, you know more of the intricacies of. Of that story, and I I think we'll get into those more as we delve into this podcast, and people begin to understand more about you, your your ministry, your uh, you know the ethics of your ministry, your your philosophy, and uh, and really your intellect. But um, but that'll take some time, you know, for for people to get to know you at that level. So maybe let's spend a few minutes just since this is episode one, the introduction. Kind of giving people your sense of why you want to do this and
1: what your goals are with uh, this podcast. Uh, Christianity is an evangelistic religion, and it, I think kind of goes all the way back to uh, even even Abraham, that the, in your seed will come a blessing to all nations. And so if you think about Christianity, uh, 2,000 years ago, uh, Jesus was crucified, dead, buried and then you have a bunch of Jews begin to say that he uh, was risen from the dead and uh, he rises from the dead they're hanging out in the upper room uh, 120 of them and they're praying the Holy Spirit comes upon them And uh, Jesus says when the Holy Spirit comes You'll receive power to be my witnesses In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth And so, um, and over the next Three centuries they overturned the Roman Empire uh, From being a pagan religion Where, you know, Caesar was kind of their god Caesar was lord, they began to confess that Jesus Is lord, and they began to conquer all the gods Of the Roman Empire, and I think it was Around 312, the conversion Of Constantine, and then uh, 70 years later, I think it was about 70 years later uh, Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire So, uh so when I think of that and I think of our current cultural climate and kind of the chaos, uh, that we kind of live in, uh, the remedy, uh, I believe is evangelism. It's not primarily political. It's not social action. It's not these things, uh, but it's the preaching of the gospel. And by preaching the gospel, I I, I mean more than just trying to save souls from hell. Um, I mean, preach that Jesus Christ is more than everybody, uh, be it the governor, be it the teacher, be it the lawyer, uh, be it the Christian, you know, everybody owes their allegiance to Jesus. And so, uh, what I hope to do in this podcast is, is kind of three things. Since I'm daily involved in evangelism, I would like to see more of the church involved in evangelism in a very simple way that those who, like when I was working uh, in New York City, um, I'd have the opportunity to evangelize my coworkers. So how do – how does the – you know when you're working your nine-to-five, how do you evangelize? If you're a painter, how do you evangelize? If you're a teacher, how do you evangelize? So I want to, uh, in this podcast, encourage Christians to do evangelism. Uh, I think as we talk about evangelism, we share stories of evangelism, we hear success of evangelism, it will make us want to evangelize more. But if you're going to do evangelism, you also have to realize uh, you're going to have to do apologetics. And for those of you who don't know what apologetics is, it's just a, a fancy way of saying defend Christianity. So uh, uh, when Socrates uh, was killed— um, Plato wrote an apology for him or a defense for him. And so when you go out and you share the gospel with someone, someone's going to say, well, why do you believe that he rose from the dead? Or why do you believe in God? Or has not science disproven God? And you're going to have to give a reason for why you don't think those things are true. And uh, I think even intimately intertwined with the apologetics uh, and it's going to become more and more relevant in our culture is that you need to learn how to do rhetoric uh, because much of um, what's going on in our culture. I was reading D.A. Carson the other day. and uh, It it made a comment that he says that the new tolerance and he's just basically laying out how people use tolerance as a means to bludgeon anybody who disagrees with them. And he says that the the new tolerance is a cultural force, not an intellectual force. And so part of what I hope to do in this podcast is lay out how we go about rhetorically interacting with unbelievers that the issue is not primary intellectual, uh, but we need to learn to do rhetoric where we can undermine actually the assumptions in the weeds. When I'm on campus, I'll often uh, kind of jokingly say that uh, you know the, the issue is not the blonde. Uh, like so, so if, you know, you have a group of people out there, and you have a if you're discussing that the girl's a blonde-headed woman, uh, but they're not looking at the roots, and so ultimately it's going to be dark roots because uh, it's just a bleach blonde. And so when it comes to the rhetoric of the issues, you have to learn to look at the roots and what are the implications of what are being said. And so more than a straight up defense and apologetics, we need to learn to do rhetoric. So in this podcast, I want to do evangelism, apologetics. And rhetoric, and kind of equip the church uh, to do that. It's really good. I I wrote
0: down that the two words encourage and equip, and I think that really is uh, in in talking to you what what you want to do. uh, You know, you're you're out there on your own a lot. You know, doing your life, doing your ministry, but uh, you want to do this to introduce people to to what you're doing, um, to encourage the church to evangelize and equip them to do it.
1: Yes. And, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, there's a lot and I think there's a lot to be captured. And the, and the way that we uh, do evangelism, I think we have to be absolutely persuaded that, that the gospel is the power of God and salvation. I think one of the reasons we don't share the gospel is that we're not persuaded. That's the power of God and salvation. Uh, we don't think that we're, uh, you know, uh, equipped necessarily to do it. And I think that through this podcast, you know, you spend 15 to 30 minutes with us a week. I think over the next six weeks, eight weeks, you'll begin to understand that anybody uh genuinely, anybody can begin to tell other people about Jesus and the hope that we have and all that sort of stuff. And uh, So, yeah, I kind of hope to, to lay those things out more fully.
0: T- tell us a little bit just what we can expect next week, you know, what we're going to going to talk about, what your plan is just for episode two.
1: Yes, what we're going to do kind of going forward is is each week build on what we have here. So it's obviously an introduction to me, introduction to evangelism, apologetics, and then rhetoric. Um, And one of the things if, you know, uh, we mentioned at the very beginning of the the podcast that oftentimes the open air preaching is associated with hellfire and brimstone preaching. So we're going to kind of go through uh, hellfire and brimstone preaching next week uh, as well as kind of what the gospel is. Uh, And hellfire, brimstone preaching, or the aspect of public preaching, Um, and then we'll begin to build upon that, so that you kind of have a uh, kind of a a more complete philosophy of what evangelism is, what it is that we're actually uh, announcing, what the good news actually is, how that ties into things like sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so, going forward, we're going to lay those out, and over the next yeah six weeks, eight weeks, and even the next year, we'll begin to build those things. I also want to say, if anybody has. Uh, anything that uh, they would like us to discuss, if there's an apologetic question, if there's uh, something about evangelism, feel free to contact us at um, on Twitter. It's Campus Evangel. You can email me at keith at campuspreacher uh, dot com. And so feel free to uh, message in with any questions, comments, demands, rebukes, exhortations, or anything like that. So
0: that's good, Keith. And and just um, you know, for the, the the four people that have listened to our first episode, we <laughs> <I'm
1: pretty laughs> have thousands. We're gonna be blowing up.
0: <laughs> maybe encourage them you know you're just to be clear your your ethic in preaching is one where you are um not necessarily opposed to hellfire and brimstone entirely just uh, but maybe what people may think that is
1: I'll say this. So, so the aspect, when you preach repentance, already people are going to think it's Hellfire and Brimstone preaching. So, so there's, a, there's a certain level of every Christian who mentions repentance, and even the average Christian doesn't like mentioning repentance, is we're already in the category of Hellfire and Brimstone. But what I mean by Hellfire and Brimstone, we're going to lay out more next week because uh, if you saw John MacArthur on the Ben Shapiro show, uh, I think that's a classic example of how he frames the theology. It gets us Hellfire and Brimstone preaching that's actually a deficient gospel. And so next week we'll we'll get into that. And um, because yeah, we we have a gospel to preach of the kingdom that includes judgment upon nations and individuals. And ultimately, I do believe in the doctrine of hell. Um, But it's not the primary message of what we are uh, out and about announcing uh, to an unbelieving world. That's great. So we'll 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 lay it out more. Awesome. Well, Keith, thanks so much for introducing
0: us to, uh, what you're doing. Uh, I know I look forward to it. Uh, and again, this is, um, episode one the campus preacher podcast, the introduction. Thanks again to the fight, laugh, feast network and all they're doing. And thanks again. We'll see you guys next week. That the harvest might well come before the bloom He runs on his way, there's no time to be going slow Hurry, take what you've got, do with it what you can Cause the good God in heaven needs us, so we're in the land